Welcome to TP Talks, PwC's Global Transfer Pricing Podcast Series. My name is Dana Hart, and we welcome you to our episode covering recent China transfer pricing updates. In our episode today, we will be discussing some observations amid the ongoing pandemic, how companies in China are impacted, and some recent updates on the tools to help companies manage Chinese transfer pricing risks and enhance tax certainty. Let me introduce our speakers today. Joining me, I have PwC China colleagues Paul Tang. Paul is a transfer pricing partner. I also have Marjorie Zhang. Marjorie is a transfer pricing senior manager, and I have Nancy Chen, a transfer pricing manager. Paul is the moderator for this podcast today. So, Paul, over to you. Thanks, Anna. We all witnessed history when coronavirus outbreak emerged as a severe pandemic in 2020, and has significant impact on public health, global economy, and multinational companies' operation across the world. Like OECD stated in its guidance on the transfer pricing implications of the COVID-19 pandemic, the outbreak constitutes a hazard risk, as discussed in the OECD transfer pricing guidelines. Its impacts on different industries and countries are very different. For example, in China, industries such as digital economies, high-end luxury retail, network hardware and software. Consumer electronic products recovered quickly and may have achieved phenomenal growth. However, some other industries are facing challenge situation, like restaurants, accommodation, airline, together with some traditional manufacturing industries. For MNCs with overseas headquarters, a common theme business model is having China subsidiaries take limited risk, such as contract manufacturers, low risk distributors. And contract services provided. The group TP arrangement is to enable the Chinese entities to maintain a reasonable return. Based on a local TP survey we did last year in China, at the beginning of the global outbreak of COVID-19, we noticed that over 70% of the Chinese subsidiaries responded that they did not have clauses in the contract for risk allocation to deal with such hazard risk. Of course, it is very difficult to foresee COVID-19 outbreak, and various questions raised on how to evaluate and allocate the financial impact of COVID-19. In the OECD guidance, there is a notable question: Can entities operating under limited risk arrangement incur loss? On this, the OECD guidance stated that it is not possible to establish a general rule that entities so described should or should not incur loss. While OECD still upholds that simple or low-risk functions, in particular, are not expected to generate loss for a long period of time, it holds open the possibility that simple or low-risk functions may incur loss in the short run. So let's discuss a situation that a group determines its China Limited Risk Distributor or LRD needs to maintain a reasonable profitability, but actually fails to do so. Then. A year-end transfer pricing adjustment, or TPA, could be considered as an ideal tool to calibrate the profitability of LRDs. Nancy, you handled quite a few TPA cases in China. Can you please briefly introduce the latest progress regarding TPA over the recent years in China? Yes, we know that China's stringent rules and complex guidelines on forex control 
used to make it difficult for MNCs to make direct TP adjustments. So in previous years, we observed the upward TPA, meaning to increase the profitability of Chinese subsidiaries. It's made usually in the form of the service fee arrangement, marketing support payment, advertising and promotion expenses contribution, and so on. However, the TPA in the format of a service fee may cause problems for MNCs. For example, taxpayers will need to prepare the relevant supporting documentation to substantiate the service nature. In addition, the service fee is subject to 6% of the VAT in China. Yes, and more importantly, there's a mismatch in the nature between intercompany service and TPA arrangement. Exactly. In recent years, the attitudes of some local state administration of foreign exchange offices, or we call SAFE, are gradually shifting. PwC China supported the first successful TPA pilot cases via the local SAFE in Shanghai and Beijing. We also had successful pilot cases in other regions in China. As compared to the service fee arrangement, the TTA is fully consistent with the transfer pricing policy of the MNCs and can be supported by benchmarking analysis. In addition, if the Chinese entities do not provide any services to its overseas related parties, there will be basis to argue that the upward TPA shall not be subject to VAT. Recently, we have noticed a new and important update on the foreign exchange control of TPA in China. Nancy, can you elaborate more? Yes, in January of this year, the National Safe of China issued a Q&A regarding foreign exchange administration to align the bank procedures and the local safe administration for cash inflows and outflows under TPA. We expect the release of the Q&A does have positive impacts. On the good side, the National Safe had for the first time clarified in writing the administration measures for TPA. And according to feedback from many clients, they consider it a very good signal that the SAFE is aware of taxpayers' needs for TPA, and the SAFE is officially recognizing the TPA. But on the other hand, based on our communication with various local SAFEs, the Q&A may also complicate the current TPA practice, because the Q&A itself is so high-level and general that leaves some uncertainties, which are subject to the discretion of the local SAFE. Nancy, you talked about uncertainties. Can you give some examples? Yes. For example, the Q&A mentions, when processing the forex cash inflows and outflows of TPA for this kind, banks must review the relevant written documents issued by tax authorities or customs authorities. The first question, what are the relevant written documents? There is no further clarification in the Q&A. Based on our understanding, it's quite clear that the customs authorities may issue a declaration form for TPA. On the other hand, tax authorities will issue the relevant written documents under very limited circumstances, mainly including the APA package and the tax notice for formal TPA audit. Moreover, the QNA categorizes TPA into three categories. The first one, TPA based on the so-called transfer pricing method. The second one, TPA using the so-called cost-sharing methods. And the third one, TPA using other methods, which is a catch-all provision. 
So how to categorize a TPA application is at the local safety discussion. Like what we have done four to five years ago, we're arranging joint discussions among the local state, tax authorities, and the customs authorities in different regions to try to open the TPA channel for taxpayers again. We have already received positive feedback from several regions. So far, different local safes do have different interpretations on the Q&A, and thus their practice vary in different provinces and cities. So we suggest MNCs who are exploring the feasibility of TPA work closely with their banks, local safe, tax, or customs authorities to fully understand the specific requirements of TPA at the local level and prepare transfer pricing documentation together with other supporting documents to support the unfinished nature of the TPA. Thank you, Nancy. Although we have choice now to relieve the headache for limited risk distributors for upward TPA, if you want to remit excessive profit out of China, bear in mind that outbound service fee and royalty payment to overseas reparty remain one of the main focuses of anti-base erosion and transfer pricing scrutiny by the Chinese tax authorities in recent years. If MNCs do want to achieve reasonable profit allocation between China and overseas jurisdiction with more tax certainty, another important update in China may be helpful. In March, the China State Taxation Administration, or STA, released a consultation draft of the simplified procedure of unilateral advanced pricing arrangement. Marjorie, speaking of APA, we all know that it is definitely not easy to conclude a bilateral one in China. So what is your view on the simplified procedure of the unilateral APA? More specifically, how simplification is reflected in the procedures under the consultation draft? Thank you. The uh, simplified procedures are mainly embodied in two aspects, fewer steps and accelerated timelines. In terms of the fewer steps, the prevailing China TPA regulation states that an APA involves six stages, pre-filing meeting, letter of intent, analysis and evaluation, formal application, negotiation and signing, and finally implementation and monitoring. The simplified procedure of unilateral APAs only involves three stages, application and evaluation, negotiation and signing, and then implementation and monitoring. So the pre-filing meeting stage is eliminated and three stages for the general APAs are combined into one. So the efficiency of unilateral APA application is expected to be greatly improved. And then the accelerated timelines. The consultation draft requires if a taxpayer submits an application for simplified procedure, the in-charge tax authorities will assess and determine whether to accept or reject the application within 90 days, and then deliver a formal notice to the applicant on their determination. And if the local tax authorities accept the application, a conclusion will be then reached within six months either a, an agreement is reached or no agreement is reached. And one more point, for the uh, taxpayers who did not have an APA or experienced a TP audit in the past 10 years, it is required that before submitting the application for simplified procedure, the taxpayer needs to submit local files at least three months before the application. 
This is because the local in charge tax authorities are not familiar with these entities and will need more time to establish basic understanding. So if a taxpayer did not have an APA or TP audit, the best scenario is that it would take three months after submission of local file, 90 days of tax authorities assessment whether to accept, plus six months to negotiate. So it can reach a unilateral APA with tax authorities within one year. Within one year, that sounds super fast. Marjorie, I understand that if the tax authority and taxpayer cannot reach an agreement within six months, a simplified procedure will be terminated and the taxpayers who still would like to pursue an APA must initiate unilateral or bilateral APA through the general procedure. Exactly. So what kind of taxpayers are qualified for the simplified procedure? Uh, first, the simplified procedures are applicable to enterprises whose related party transaction amount exceeded 40 million RMB each year during the last three years. And any of the following three conditions are met. The first condition is that the taxpayer needs to provide local files and if applicable, the master files as well of the past three years to the tax authorities and at least three months prior to the application. So I mentioned an overall related party transaction amount threshold for the simplified procedure is 40 million RMB. This is equivalent or below the regular threshold for local file preparation. So most taxpayers over the 14 million threshold should already have local file in place. There's one exception, um, a taxpayer with only domestic related party transactions can be exempted from local file and master file preparation. So if such taxpayers wanted to apply for simplified procedure, they may need to separately prepare these documents. Another implicit prerequisition is that the applicant should have at least three years of operation. The second condition is that the uh, enterprise had an executed APA during the past 10 years and it has been compliant with that APA. The third and last condition is that over the past 10 years, the enterprise has been subject to special tax investigation or we call TP audit by the tax authority and the case has been closed. It sounds that many China taxpayers would be qualified for the simplified procedure. So are there any other restrictions in this regard? Yeah, uh, according to the consultation draft, if there is any substantial change in the company's related party transactions, business environment and the functional or risk profiles, uh, the tax authorities may not accept applications under the simplified procedures. Also for enterprises who have ongoing tax or TP audit cases, who did not file or incorrectly filed the annual related party transaction forms, uh, who failed to fulfill the legal requirements to prepare the contemporaneous documentation, the tax authorities can also reject their applications for the simplified procedure. In addition, if an APA covers issues that may involve different provincial level tax authorities, the APA needs to be subject to a general procedure. Mar, you just talked a lot about the fewer steps and accelerated timelines. Are there any other benefits from an unilateral APA? 
Talking about other benefits, if we compare the China circular on APA and circular on TP audit, we can note that for TP audit, there are many detailed explicit requirements in the adjustment method. For example, uh, for TP audit, the tax authorities should test the in-question related party transactions on an annual basis and make yearly adjustments. However, there is no similar rule in the APA circular, and thus it may be possible for taxpayer and tax authority to agree an overall target rate for a longer period in APA cases. Or in other words, it may be possible to explore more flexible adjustment methods in APA cases. Thank you, Marjorie. Uh, so Nancy, um, with a concluded APA, it definitely will also help the taxpayer to execute the TPA, no matter it's upward or downward, right? Yes, exactly. Thank you, Marjorie and Nancy. The consultation draft indicates that China STA is making efforts to help taxpayers with high compliance level to achieve more tax certainty. There may be a surge in MNC's requests for a simplified procedure of unilateral APA with Chinese tax authorities, but we need to observe whether the local tax authorities will have sufficient resources and enough motivation to handle such increasing needs. So far, the China STA has finished its collection of public comments on the consultation draft, and it is very possible that by the end of this podcast release, the final regulatory notice may have already been enacted. As a quick summary, today we introduced some new TP updates in China, especially on two useful tools, year-end TP adjustment and simplified procedure of unilateral APA to help taxpayers to better manage transpressing risks in China. Again, thank you, Marjorie and Nancy, for sharing the latest update. If you are interested to understand today's topic in more details, we have published two PVC Tax Insights article, and you may find the links in this podcast page. Finally, stay safe and healthy. So I'm going to hand back to you, Dana. Great. Thank you, Paul, Marjorie, and Nancy. I also want to thank our listeners. If you have any questions, we encourage you to reach out to your regular PwC transfer pricing contact for immediate response. Thank you for listening and have a great day. This podcast is brought to you by PwC, all rights reserved. PwC refers to the U.S. member firm or one of its subsidiaries or affiliates and may sometimes refer to the PwC network. Each member firm is a separate legal entity. Please see www.pwc.com structure for further details. This podcast is for general information purposes only and should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors.